Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. All right, as promised, we are going to talk about the second part of last week's podcast. And this has to do with how our sensitivity um, last week's was about how it connected us to our loved ones on the other side, perhaps the way that they passed away, or how the prediction of them pass, passing away is part of the landscape of being a sensitive, a psychic, especially a medium. And um, some of the feedback I got was just really um, touching and affirmative. And I hope at a minimum, um, you were able to sort of see this more clearly within yourself, those of you that that um, have to deal with this, and, you know, found some clarity around it, and you can find some peace of mind around it. And the third thing is to start to have a sense of control, or even knowing that that this is happening to you and taking a few steps to slow down the information and know what to do with it. So you don't just keep feeling scared or like something bad is going to happen. So this is part two, where we are going to talk about the illness side of being a psychic medium, um, or a sensitive. And I say those three things a little differently, because um, not everyone experiences those three things the same way. But um, so as mediums, we have access to the other side and all the dimensions that that has to do with but as psychics now it's your psychic senses that can pick up other people's illnesses often it comes through our clear sentience our clear feeling and i'm going to tell a few stories to make the information more textural more real um, to show it in real time what that looks like in real life and um then i'm going to conclude with three things that we can do to to deal with that, to slow it down, to clarify uh, when you pick up somebody else's illness. Um, today's topic, there in, in no way am I giving medical advice. Um, we are really just focusing on the energy of when you pick up other people's illnesses. So not medical advice. Um, the third thing will be to, to talk to a doctor if you have persistent um, issues, because those will perhaps be your own <laughs> medical issues. Um, so there's a nuance here where we're talking strictly and only about energy, spiritual energy. Um, okay, so let's just jump into it. Well, the first thing I want to say is, um, I just really want to address my part of my life's mission, part of my life's work is to be a psychic advocate. And what I mean by that is that um, those of us born this way, um, even now, um, so even now, like uh, my family was watching Chicago Med last night, and one of the men had a um, a seizure, a grand mal seizure, and before he had uh, that seizure, he was seeing his dead wife um, in his peripheral vision, and um, so this is you know, addressing mediumship and the doctors were, you know, this is wrong. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. Um, <laughs> my passion is when, you know, there are many of us, thousands, millions of us born seeing the dead 
since we were born. And there's nothing medically wrong with us. Seeing spirits is actually an extremely natural thing for us because it's not just the few of us, but some of us just come out, you know, with that is just part of our nature as in some kids I've, I was raised with some kids that could just go over and play the piano. You know, they could play Bach at age four. Well, some of us can see spirits at age four because we were born this way, much like the piano prodigy. So when in our culture, we're talking about, you know, maybe there's a little child and they're picking up grandma's lung issue. And so there's not understanding that little sensitive kids can pick up other people's illnesses and carry that or show, you know, they, they can't breathe, you know, they maybe, maybe grandpa has a bad knee, but when your child is around grandpa, their leg hurts. So this is a very real phenomenon that sensitives do through our clairsentience. So my advocacy is so that perhaps we can start just being more thoughtful when we're talking about, oh, you're, you know, you're picking up something that isn't there, there must be something quote unquote, wrong with you. I want to reframe that as in, where is this information coming from? Because it's coming from a particular source, for sure. And like in the show last night with Chicago Med, you know, maybe he needs some medical treatment. And that's fabulous. Um, if, if that's what's truly going on. But for a lot of kids, you know, they're seeing spirits, and as adults, that doesn't necessarily go away for us psychic adults, um, medium adults. Um, so we, we just want to be thoughtful when we say you're making it up, as I think was the old-fashioned way to handle sensitive psychic kids, um, where if somebody is having some actual physical ailments, we really just listen. And um, I do that with my adult friends that are psychic medium. They will often have a symptom that is not theirs. And it takes time to uncover whom they were tuning into, which is again, kind of what we do naturally. Um, so this is going to be part of our life forever. Um, and the good news is they're just things that we can do to uncover the location of that energy. <laughs> and again, the, the sort of work of the psychic medium for our life is, this, is this me or is this you? Is this me or is this something else? Um, so we more than anybody have to ask that in our daily lives. Um, so the things that we're going to talk about is sort of that advocacy where we want to be sensitive to the sensitives, um, that this gift can be quite a burden. It could be a physical burden. And, um, I'll just say up front that uh, there can be a resource where this is sort of in the line of Carolyn Mace's work, M-Y-S-S. Um, I believe in the early 2000s, she was on Oprah and, you know, she can see medical issues within your body as a clairvoyant and she can connect the issue to energy. So the one program that I watched, you know, 20 plus years ago was a woman had liver disease and the energy within the liver disease was because her father wasn't a raging alcoholic. So I would consider that woman a sensitive who took the energy of the alcoholism and energetically stored that into her own personal liver, um, perhaps out of love, perhaps to deal with him, to perhaps help him to perhaps cope with it. I mean, what there, there, there are different reasons we all do what we do, but, um, 
either way, that's what she did. And so Caroline Mace can say where this is coming from and why. So it can also be, you know, you can be storing trauma from the past in your body today. So this is a very complicated subject. And I'm going to tell a few stories to lighten it, to make it a little bit more obvious. We're not going to do a deep, deep dive, but I, I, I think it'd be helpful if you start thinking of these things um, as a sensitive also, so that you're not suffering more than you know, suffering because this is our journey, you know, there are things that we have to go through medically and, you know, emotionally and mentally and spiritually. Those are, that's our journey. But when we are taking in other people's journey, that's, we are, we're not, I was going to say we're never called to do that. There are times where I, in my practice, I say carrying other people's crosses. I do believe a lot of mothers that and fathers that have a lot of karma to break will carry extra crosses of karma for their children out of love because we know we're strong enough to do it. Now, in my practice, I typically see there are times when that is appropriate and there have been times where it's not. It's it's our loved one's uh, soul's purpose to carry that and to to learn about it and to grow through that. So when we pick up everybody else's crosses, they're not learning those lessons. So we take away their, their lessons. Okay. So that's one piece, but let's jump into more storytelling and see sort of how this plays out day to day. Okay. So my work these days is, is specifically focused on helping psychic mediums understand themselves, understand their gifts. So I still carry a wait list of people that want mediumship readings. Um, I will also try to fit in my schedule friends and family that need a reading. Um, so I'm booked out six months in advance. And so what I, what that does for me is so I can look at my next six months and sort of know energetically what I'm dealing with. So this helps this part of me be managed. So I had a, a dear friend, um, text and she asked if I could fit her son-in-law into my schedule because he's just, his father is on the other side and just really longing to get a message to, to know that his dad's okay, to get confirmation that he's there. Um, so, you know, I just, I figured it out and I was able to get him in my schedule a month out. The minute I booked the session that very night, I kept thinking I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, like how random and how specific. <laughs> I got on my cell phone and I was looking at the symptoms and I said to my husband, I think I have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Now, to be fair, w was it a coincidence? I don't know. But to be fair, I had a... Um, I have an, ex an experience with some... Um, what's it called? The weed killer. Roundup. <laughs> I think I've told you guys the story where I, I basically laid on Roundup for like three months before I realized the gardeners were putting that exactly where I had been laying my blanket to get some California sun. And I had a rash because of that. Um, so I'm kind of, you know, I made a, an appointment to get some blood tests with the doctor, letting him know, hey, I just want to check for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I had an experience with <laughs> laying on it. And that, that blood work is still being done as we speak. But in the meantime, the month comes and I have my session with this client. 
and his father passed away from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay, so I, I cannot tell you how many times we psychic sensitives, mediums, interact with somebody we didn't necessarily know. Now, now also, I want to say the minute I was booking that appointment, his dad was in my room, his dad was trying to get me to read for his son right there, even while trying to book it. So his dad was a fabulous communicator from the other side. He was all over me, he was excited. He practically made me read in that, in that moment. I've gotten much better trying to manage their expectations on me and be like, just give me a month, come back in a month, you know, and in the meantime, you know, have some boundaries here. Don't just keep coming into my house and talking to me about your son. So again, I can't tell you how many tables I've been at with a fellow psychic mediums that were having symptoms that are later found out to be their husband or their best friend or somebody close to them had an actual medical issue. But in the meantime, they have been picking it up, definitely thinking it was their own issue. And let's be honest, they're afraid. They're afraid now, right? Okay, another story. Um, so this was a couple of months ago. I was starting to become aware that my right foot sort of kept feeling like it was falling asleep. And I immediately um, internalized that as I have diabetes now, right? It's just like going to sleep. It's having a really weird sensation that it I had not had. Um, and so <laughs> kind of quietly suffering with that, sort of hoping it would go away. And it really didn't go away. So this happened a few months ago, but the, the minute it started, it was about three days in and my guides specifically told me to look up an, uh, a person I once knew on Facebook and I didn't want to because the guy hurt me when I was a child. And so, you know, I just did not want to Facebook the name. I didn't want to look at the profile, but my guides were persistent. And so I did. And so I look down and I see there that he had passed away days earlier from diabetes, right? So I had the symptoms pretty much on the day that he'd passed away from that. Um, so again, the specificness of the things that we can feel that we have, um, you can, you can draw a line right back to somebody has that specific thing, whether living or dead. And often if we're mediums, they're, they're already on the other side. And that's now why we can pick up that energy of that. Um, an interesting side note was a good friend of mine who is also a student, i.e. we're working together, we're friends. So she's really tuned into my energy. Um, I shared the story with her about, okay, I've, I figured out where that diabetes, uh, fear was coming from. I explained that he'd passed away and she said, you know, she confessed. She also had a right foot that was going to sleep. Okay. So do you see what I just said? <laughs> she doesn't even know the person, but because she's tuned into me, she was also picking up on the diabetes and the, you know, sleeping right foot. So she was having the symptoms in her own body. So this is the part of being a psychic medium people don't really want to talk about. I think it's because not everyone's in the situation that I am where I talk to psychic mediums, all, you know, all kinds of psychic mediums. I talk to other psychic mediums every single day, 
for years. And this is where I, I can, I can tell you, you're just not alone. You too are not alone when on your own, maybe even quietly, maybe telling nobody that you too have symptoms come up and you feel it in your own body only to find out later it was somebody else's. And, and there is a connection between the knowledge of where that energy is coming from and it going away. Like the minute that I realized, oh, he had, he passed from diabetes. Um, okay. That's what I'm connecting to. And I need to stop that. And I did. And I, I never had another symptom like that again. Um, but also when we connect to other sensitives, we can pick up stuff from their storytelling. We can pick up stuff because we've tuned into them. Um, and so sometimes you don't even know the actual person that you've just now pulled in their energy and it's into, it's in your own body and you are having symptoms. Um, another quick story was back in the early, early days, I was also trained in Reiki and so I had a client and this one was just so poignant because I just met this gal and her seven-year-old son, I think I told this story before, but you know, her seven-year-old son was in her, seven-year-old son's energy was in her knee and her son was a grown man at the time. And I said, I'm seeing your son in your leg here. He's about seven years old. Um, and she said straight up, yeah, yeah, he broke his leg when he was seven, it, you know, and 20 years later, she's carrying this energy of this little boy in her own knee, which is causing her pain and trauma. She's, she had a hard time bending and using that specific knee. So deep dive stuff is Carolyn, Caroline Mace stuff here. Um, getting this sort of in your, <laughs> excuse me, in your day-to-day -day life, how are you picking up perhaps other people's energy, other people's illnesses. Is this you? Is this somebody else's? Um, if it's people we love, we have to do a sort of an additional question about letting that energy go. I, I know, so, I, I know a lot of us just naturally pull our loved one's energy because we love them. And for especially older souls, we think we can handle it. And that might be true sometimes and to some degree, but it's often not there for us to carry anymore. You know, the lesson's been learned and we can let so much of what we've been through with people go, especially if they've let it go because they've healed from it and they've moved on perhaps, right? Okay. So um, just one more story that's in alignment with what we're talking about here. Um, again, uh, a student um, who lived in a, you know, she kept thinking she was going to have a heart attack, kept, she just knew it, knew it. This went on for, for months in my memory. Um, it went on for quite, quite some time. And sure enough, her, her husband, um, he wanted to go out for a run and she just knew he needed to go to the hospital and, um, he went into heart surgery. And to me, she saved his life because she just knew that the minute that moment presented itself, she had been carrying the energy and was able to identify how to handle that moment. So to me, she's a lifesaver because of her sensitivity. Um, you know, maybe a couple years later, a good close friend of hers, um, yet she kept thinking she was going to have a heart attack personally. Uh, she brought it up many times. Um, I was worried about her, you know, 
as a friend, but I also know how sensitive she is. So it's kind of like, oh my gosh, who around her is having heart issues? And come to find out one of her close friends had a very small heart attack as well. So as an evidential medium, this is also because these are living people. Again, the nuance here is that's that psychic part of her. That's her psychic part of us, that clairsentient, that that brings in that information of energy. And so when you're evidential, but also when you're highly clairsentient, clear feeling, you are always tuning in, even if you have no idea, because you do it naturally. It's kind of like blinking. You're just blinking. Nobody asked you to or told you you should. <laughs> That's how natural you are clairsentient if you pick up other people's illnesses. And so you can imagine the stress of constantly thinking that something is going to happen to you. And so it's a lifelong practice to to get the nuance, is this me, is this somebody else? And especially when we're really close to them, it's extra hard to get clear on that. Okay. You know, I, I remember having coffee with a friend um, and across the way, this woman kept reading us and I could feel her reading us. And she had that very typical gypsy body. You know, I could tell she was a sensitive not only could I feel her reading us, which I was perfectly happy with because I was sitting with a fellow psychic medium. So I was like, yeah, you belong. You belong in part of this conversation here. Um, and sure enough, she had been listening to the stuff we were talking about and she came past our table on the way out and she just said, I just really appreciate the conversations you guys have been having. <laughs> and, you know, my heart broke because it's like, this is a woman that has other people's stories stored in her body to the point of, barely being able to be mobile, right? And that's the thing. It's like we think if we're so sensitive, we should have everything figured out for ourselves. But again, this is a, this is such an intimate part of who you are. You've been doing it since you were born. And, you know, the things that come naturally to us are much harder to control, especially when we maybe are extra polite and we don't ask a lot of questions from people. Um, we don't have that sort of personality to ask everybody we know, Hey, are you having, and as if they would know, right? Cause most people would be like, yeah, I'm fine. Hey, I want to go for a run. <laughs> so you can see why this is such a struggle for us to get a handle on when, even if we were to ask the question, how are you feeling? Hey, I'm great. I want to go for a run. And you know, five hours later, you're on a, a surgery table, having your heart um, tended to. So you know, um, as I'm trying to wrap up, my guys are saying one more, and I, I don't know if it belongs in this particular podcast, but we'll, we'll place it here either way. And maybe we'll do another podcast on this specifically too. But, um, I don't know about you, but when I was a little girl, I was, I was just always afraid. You know, I was always seeing spirits. I was always afraid. I was always tuning into stuff. One of the areas that sen sensitives, especially children freak out is in the car, you know, so I remember, especially if my dad had us for the weekend and he'd, he'd had a head out of town in Montana, if I didn't know where we were going, I was freaking out the whole time quietly, of course, to myself. But if he came up uh, along a cliff, again, this is Montana, <laughs> so there's cliffs everywhere. Um, if he parked on a cliff, I would just be freaking out, um, you know, if a certain type of um, storm came in, especially loud hail, that freaked me out. 
And, you know, I quietly suffered with that. I tried not to, you know, I tried to ask questions and I was just shut down because to everybody else, it's like, we're just going for a drive. Like, what's the big deal? No problem. I see this in my son, even now he's 12. And, you know, if it started to hail the other day and we were in the vehicle and he was starting to freak and panic and, you know, I just had to be very a matter of fact with him. If it hails, it's okay. You know, if it's really coming down and we're afraid of our windshield breaking, I will go somewhere to try to find cover or we will just go into a store or, you know, I am just had to reassure him that I'm the mom. I will pay attention and I will get us to safety if need be. You know, he just needed that assurance to calm his energy down because he's picking up on the potential here, right? Sensitives read potential too. And so like I just had my immunization and <laughs> I'm not very gracious when it comes to health stuff because the potential for something to go wrong is there. And so my very patient husband, as he's taking me to the drive through shot, you know, vaccine site, I am speaking my truth and he is rolling his eyes, <laughs> but it's fun. It's funny because I'm okay. But what sensitives do is we read potential and that knowledge that if I'm in line with other people that may not have a partner to have, you know, drove them there and maybe they're a sensitive on their own. I am picking up everybody else's freak out too. So this sort of bird's eye view, you know, and I give myself permission to just talk it through, to be silly, to say stuff, to make my husband roll his eyes, to sort of make it amusing because the talking helps me process the energy versus when I was a child, I had to quietly, you know, amp up to a hundred on my own and it took me forever to come back down. Right. And so I, I try to do that with my son, you know, he's amping up and I have to talk to him to help him come back down. Um, by honoring his very real feelings of reading the energy of potentially what can happen. And so if I can say, you know, the, the next day, my daughter and I were having a heart to heart and she was really annoyed by that. She's like, why does he worry about stuff like that so much? And she is an, she's an angel. So she doesn't have that she doesn't have that in her. She is so steady and she's so balanced and she is so, as a matter of fact, which can be problematic when I'm trying to teach her potential. <laughs> you know, you have to be aware of potential danger, i.e. when you start driving your car, you know, you have to be a potential danger when you start dating, you know, when you travel in places you're unfamiliar with. So with her dialogue is, it's totally different. But I think it's important to language to her, hey, as a sensitive, he can't help that. But there are tools that we can do to help him because he's 12. But forever, you know, forever, if we can understand each other and speak to help each other, not to judge each other or shame each other into whatever we think is normal behavior, right? So... As we wrap up, I want to give you these three tips, these three steps that you can do to start trying to narrow, refine, and clarify this very vast, clear, sentient part of you, okay? And number one is to know yourself, is to understand how sensitive you are 
And so that can come through, okay, my right foot is feeling sleepy. Let me watch that. You know, let me keep my eye on that. Um, if you have to do research on diabetes, then do that. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. If you even need to, you know, um, the, the research can be helpful sort of seeing if there are other symptoms that you just don't have. So it can calm that down if need be, but you, it's all out of control when you don't understand how sensitive you are and you don't understand how you do that. And so the sort of grounding mantra for, I want to give to you is your clairsentience. That is the part of you that picks up this energy. (laughs) If you're seeing energy, because perhaps there's some of you that see energy in your foot, that would be a clairvoyant experience. Um, And so I don't experience it that way, but wouldn't it be interesting to talk to a clairvoyant about that to see how they maybe would interpret perhaps some visual energy in their foot. Mm. Anyway, I'm getting off topic because I'm, I'm thinking that would be an interesting conversation, but, um, okay. So number one is to know yourself, know how your sensitivity is interacting in your life. Number two, If you have a new specific or irrational fear, check to see if someone you know has something going on. So I want to encourage just asking questions or, um, you know, maybe playfully bringing up like, hey, it's kind of weird. My right foot's been hurting for a while. You know, maybe we're assuming that they could say, hey, mine too. Or, hey, you know, so-and-so just got diagnosed with diabetes or, you know, maybe just to be brave enough to start asking a few questions to see how the people in your sphere are feeling and to see if perhaps that's the location of any sort of ailment you feel. Like I said, I just out of the blue, hardcore thought I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, like straight up showed my husband the symptoms, completely thought it was me. And a month later, you know, okay, that made perfect sense. Um, but for a month, I was kind of freaked out, right? And like I said, I have the blood test out and maybe maybe I do. I don't know. Okay. So number two, asking questions. You know, if, if something's persistent, start asking questions around to just see if it has to do with somebody outside of you. Okay. And finally, you know, I just have to say this is it's okay to take action to see a doctor if it persists, right? Um getting validation that it's not that is just as healing, you know, it could button up the energy. Um, it could button up the energy if you were able to go to a professional to say, no, this looks good. You know, here are all the tests, you know, this is how it looks for you. It looks good. You've got a clear bill of health that can drop energy. Um, you know, which can make the energy go away. (laughs) So, it really comes comes down to just as as if you can make the energy as logical as you can, that helps you understand it. And when you understand it, that can help it go away because you can put, as I famously say, that could put a period at the end of that energy and it could be the solution to make the energy stop nailing you, hitting you, um, processing through you also. Okay, everyone, I hope those three tools 
will get you pointed in the right directions to, to start to get a handle, a sense of control, some clarity around this amazing and magnificent part of you, your clairsentience. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take the quiz, which Claire are you? Until next time, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.